The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, September 5th, 2018, season 14, episode number 34. Welcome to another edition of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We appreciate you guys joining us. we got a great show lined up for you guys today. And just before we went on the air, uh, there seems to be a little bit of news that's breaking out there in the world of uh, Earl Thomas. Dave, why don't you catch us up on uh, on what you're hearing right well, now from Twitter? Yeah, like six months worth of the news cycle just happened in about 25 minutes, it sounds like. Um, I mean, according to social media, Earl Thomas is reporting to the Seattle Seahawks uh, under protest, it sounds like, <laughs> if you follow him on it's Instagram. It's a good way to put it. But Brian Broaddus had this thing nailed from the jump. I mean, you, I think, Derek, you said that too, to be fair. But you're asking a lot of a guy to pass up $900,000 a week in game checks, and it doesn't sound like that's something Earl wants to do. Um, I haven't had time to verify any of this for myself, so take it with a grain of salt. But the the word on social media coming from you know guys like Adam Schefter and Ian Rapoport, um, and again, you know, to go back to that point, these are these are the guys who talk a lot to agents. Um, it, so it's it's interesting where they get that information from and how quickly they get it, but. It sounds like the Cowboys made a concerted effort to get that deal done, like a lot of people speculated they might. Based on their reports. Yeah. Uh, off, you know, Up in their offer, potentially to a second-round pick. And the Seahawks said, nope, we like Earl. We think he's great. He's kind of a key part of our defense, and we trust that he's going to report. And that's, this is ridiculous. That's what happened. Why? Unbelievable. And he if, if you're Seattle, I mean, you would take that. I would. I would take that deal, especially – you have a guy that does not want to be there, really, because and you're not willing to give him what he wants, money-wise. And next year, you're not going to have him, so why not go for a second-round pick? Well, Dave made a great point before we went on the air. I mean, if, if you think about it from a standpoint of the compensatory picks, they may be thinking about it as, hey, if he leaves next year, which we probably, they probably feel like he's probably going to leave. The only way they keep him from leaving is if they franchise him. But if they let him leave and he goes and signs somewhere else, there's probably a pretty sizable chance they're going to get a third-round compensatory pick. So difference between a second and third, plus you get him this year, maybe that's worth it to them. I, I'm a big believer in kind of what you're saying from the standpoint of disgruntled players. I don't like having disgruntled players in my locker room, especially when I got a lot of young, impressionable guys around. I think it it, it creates bad culture, but that's just my opinion. But then again, if Earl's a stand-up guy – you trust that he won't poison your your locker room. I and for the record, I'm not. I I hear where y'all are saying. I'm I'm not willing to say like Earl Thomas. There's no chance he'll resign in Seattle. Like I mean, they can sit down like adults and have a contract negotiation once the season is over. And if you think if they're not willing to pay him <laughs> now, they're going to be willing to pay him with one more year what on that body. You, what did you say he posted on Instagram? The disrespect is real. Or and something? It, it, it's real and it hasn't been forgotten, but you can, uh, you can, his price ain't going to go down. So time and money can heal wounds. I'm just yes, saying money well, can, but that's my point. But you're talking to, you're talking about a, com, you'll be having a completely different conversation after this season. Why? You, be, because you'll have to play games and put on, put out tape. If he dips, 
And Seattle's like, look, see, this is what we were talking about. He might swallow his pride. Depends and on his market. Point, you can't say right now that he won't play for the Seahawks next year. You just can't. That's all I'm saying. I would bet okay. I would bet 90% he's not going to be in Seattle next year. Point being, To go back to the original point, they are now going to get 16 games out of him. This is a team that has lost a lot of talent over the last two years. And leadership. Earl Thomas gives you an elite player on the back end to pair with Bobby Wagner and probably in their eyes keeps their chances of having a playoff run afloat. Yeah. I mean, you got Russell Wilson, Doug Baldwin, Bobby Wagner, and Earl Thomas, and not a whole lot else. So, and yeah, if he signs somewhere else, you'll get a comp pick out of it. So I, I get it. Yeah. Why you? <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, now let's no, give no, Nick the floor. Cause no, I know Nick's saying, been talking a lot about this over the Well, yeah, I mean, they don't months. want Dallas a second round pick. How about that? How about they will, they'll take Raiders second round pick. They'll take AFC second round pick. Why do they want to give the Cowboys the player that is going to probably help them beat them in three weeks? And, you know, that the team that you're going to be, you know, fighting against in the NFC. Maybe they don't want Dallas a second round pick. They don't want to take put them in the NFC and have to face them right now. I mean, I bet you if an AFC team jumped up and did that, then they might they might reconsider it. You know, that game is sitting there in, in three weeks. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna you know help them help the Cowboys beat them if they played them. Maybe that second round offer sits there until the Monday after that game, and then they're willing to do it. I don't know. I just I just think we're forgetting the part that maybe they don't want Dallas's offer. Especially if if the guy ran off to Jason Garrett like that, I'd be like, that's the last team I'm going to trade him to. Yeah. I mean, there's no way of knowing that. I get the, your point. Yeah. But uh, the, the the biggest thing in all that that was being reported and all this is off reports is the fact that you that you said that Seattle is willing to wipe out all those fines for not for missing all of the preseason. That to me is big because that's some kind of agreement of like. You know, you're going to be here, here, we'll do this, you come in here and play, all's forgiven for now? I think, I mean, I feel like that's pretty standard in situations like this, is like, hey, obviously this is kind of a messed up situation and we're not all super thrill- thrilled with each other, but let's, for, you know, you come in and get to work and we'll forgive these fines and we don't have to just completely despise each other for the next 20 weeks. You know, it'd be great. I think Earl will be a lot happier about being in that building knowing that he didn't lose $5 million this offseason. It'd be great in Seattle after the Cowboys and Seattle Seahawks play if he comes right back over to the locker room and say, man, come get me. I said, come get me. How does that play for a second time? Gleber gives out the charter and it just says, like, Thomas in parentheses, like, return. Return, <laughs> return only. Return only. <laughs> Who's sitting in 29A? <laughs> There's no way to there's no way to know for sure, so I don't you know, I don't wanna go off half cocked, but if the reports are true that, you know, within the last couple of days they upped their offer, just do it forever ago. Why does why did it suddenly matter now? You know? Because you got to the season and you're we not sold on this. Xavier like Woods. Them having the upper hand and then the Cowboys being kind of stubborn and being like, okay, I'm not gonna That's, go down right. to what you have. If want, this is if know? this is the way it really played out, it's it sounds very stubborn and arrogant on the Cowboys' part, in my opinion. Is just just do what you need to do to get the player that you want that apparently wants to be here. Make it happen. Make your team better. Uh, and I even said this. I feel I don't know that they would have agreed to a trade without a new deal. 
I'd give up a two for Earl without a deal. And if he leaves next year in free agency, then you get the comp you pick. You get the comp pick. So, so let you me get ask you this. a second-round pick for an all-pro caliber player for one year, and then even if he gets away in free agency, you're going to get a decent draft pick in return. I'll do that all day. Like, let's stop acting. And we talked about this yesterday. Let's Draft picks are the most valuable thing in the world as this – abstract idea and then as soon as you make them they're not that valuable because half of them don't pan out like how many second round picks have just been total flops and and here's Chaz Green was a third round pick you couldn't wait to get him out of here what I don't understand and and this was this morning I'm thinking about this of like why the Cowboys wouldn't do a second round pick and then eventually I guess they they have or they they made the offer, but like this that round has been a round that they've taken chances on people all the time. Bruce Carter broken leg, bring him up, you know. Oh, Jalen Smith may never play again. Second round, <laughs> Randy Gregory's fallen because right. he can't well, pass the test. Second round, so they're an, taking risks so, all the time. When it's an abstract concept of like that could be that could be the next Sean Lee though. You right, know? Sean but, Lee's another one, but it'll probably be. It'll probably be the next Gavin Escobar. Like that's the law of averages, and that's not that's not me taking a shot at the Cowboys. That is the nature of the draft. Yeah. Like every, I mean, for every hit, you're going to have a. Seems miss. like especially in the second round because that's where teams with the philosophy like the Cowboys, that's where they will take a little bit of risk on upside of a guy, knowing that he has specific warts that could backfire on you. Like that's their strategy in the second round. It, it always seems like. has. Is they're been. looking for a first round talent. That has a reason why he's in the second why round. Why is this big offensive tackle from Michigan State falling? Well, because he's deaf in his in his left ear. Right. Hmm. Well, let's put him at or in his right ear or whatever. Let's put him at left tackle and he'll be really good. And he is. And Flozell Adams was good. Yeah. Same thing. I mean, Andre Gerard, uh, Antonio Bryant. They all are first round guys that slipped. Jason Witten was actually a guy that slipped I and mean, he slipped all the way to the third. But right. it happens all the time. You're taking risk for that. You know, just don't take the risk and take the risk on a six-time Pro Bowl. But I do want to go back and address something you said, Dave, about the about the pick and, and them maybe if if the reports are accurate that they made this offer for to up their their offer. I I want to be very careful because we don't know. I mean, this could have been something where they upped their offer a while back. It's true, and it's just coming out now. Because yeah. here's the thing to remember: it it's does it seems like a real it seems like more than just a coincidence that this is all getting reported as kind of. Cowboys up their offer, Seattle declined, and today is the day that Earl says, all right, I'm showing up, right? I, that all seems like a just a coincidence. That doesn't seem like just a coincidence right. to me. It seems like maybe this has been conversations that have been going on all along. Now, I don't know. I can't verify that. We can obviously ask some questions. But the point is, it seems like this may have been going on for a while, and maybe everything came to a head today, and it was a final, absolutely not, and Earl said, I'm not getting traded, and so I might as well show up and make my money for this year, knowing that, noted, guys, you didn't give me what I wanted, so when the season's done, I'm going to be a free agent. I can go do whatever I wanted. Yeah. I will say, uh, and uh, I mean, Ian Rappaport is certainly not an infallible source. I mean, he's <laughs> I mean, he's not, but he said that the Cowboys upped their offer to a second-round pick in recent days. And again, going back to that, so much of what comes out of those national outlets is coming from league office and agents and things like that. It sounds plausible to me that the Cowboys made their push. The Seahawks turned it down. Obviously, one or both teams would probably be in communication with Earl's people about what was going on. Earl found out 
They made the they made the final push that they were willing to and couldn't get it done. And, and in all seriousness, right, screw uh, it. I'm I gotta not, go play. Not missing eight hundred thousand dollars for this. And he but. never was. I mean, he never was going to do it. I don't think. I mean, yeah. there's only a handful of players in like twenty years yeah. that have ever really done that. It's it's hard. But again, the, all this stuff is based upon reports. You're and, right, and it's right. it's hard to know exactly what happened. The only thing that we know at this point for sure is that Earl Thomas is reporting to Seattle and presumably is going to play for the Seattle Seahawks this year. And so the Cowboys have to think about it from this standpoint. If they really want his services, next year in free agency, have your money ready. I, I, I've i said all along I think he was going to come here. Uh, it doesn't look as good right now. still not done, but uh, he, he's going to get traded. You're going to hold on to this I, thing. I, I promise you he's going to get traded. I promise you he'll get but traded. But before the year's over? 100%. Wait, you said the trade deadline promise? was six, right? I he's going to get traded you. by somebody. He, They're he, not going to He does a secret call. He, do, he gives a secret call over here to Dallas no. and say, hey, just so you guys know, I'm still at high level, but I'm going to BS this game oh, just to man. screw them up. Well, I'm going to play bad on purpose. We would, call that, want pay we would call that tampering. No one needs to know. That is the definition of tampering. No one needs to know. Big time no, That's no. the part of secret. Terrence it's Williams just blows by him in the game. You're like, what's going on here? It was on purpose. I don't think you want that guy, though. Honestly, I know you're joking, but I'm just saying I don't think you want that player that anyways. Tank? Yeah. Yeah, you want yeah. a guy, no matter what's going to play his hardest. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, let's talk some Cowboys, Carolina Panthers. Uh, Dave has a scouting report for us on their offense. We'll get into that conversation when we get right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the Internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. I definitely have an Instagram foodie thing, but the low-light camera on my new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T is getting me a whole new world of likes and shares. Baskets of bread by candlelight, colorful fruit plates in full sun, even a dimly lit Cobb salad was recently hailed as a masterpiece. Come in now and ask how to get half off the new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T. AT&T, more for your thing. That's our thing. Limited time only. See store for details or att.com slash Samsung 50. Dual aperture supports F1.5 mode and F2.4 mode. Dual aperture is installed on the rear camera. Oh, I am craving a Dr. Pepper. I got some soda. I asked not for soda. I asked for ice cold, craveable Dr. Pepper. Its flavor is more one-of-a-kind than a foretold sloth with a thirst for speed. <laughs> so stop settling for soda and start demanding Dr. Pepper. I love sloths. When you crave a Dr. Pepper, nothing else will do. Grab an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. Back to the break. Welcome back. It's the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking Cowboys football. Today we get to talk about another opponent. Cowboys are playing the Carolina Panthers this Sunday in Carolina. It will be game one. Can I just one. say something real quick? 
What oh, if I say no? Oh, so you weren't so confident with Xavier Woods and Galen Frazier and the guys that you had. That's all I had to say. <laughs> you just had to get that out. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I mean, I, I just, hey. I'm glad we're all on the same page. You let know? me ask you. I appreciate the did, petty. I do. <laughs> right. I do. Did anybody, did anybody on this panel believe that they were okay with that if no, they could I, get Earl know, Thomas? No, I'm not talking but about I, I you guys. That's, that's also the point, too. Like, they may convince themselves that they're okay with that, but they're never going to convince themselves they're okay with that if they can get Earl Thomas because Earl Thomas is a whole different level of player, yeah. right? They're still in there right now like, we're all right, we're all right, until they get into a game and realize that they're not all right. Yeah. That's what happens every year. Every team has areas that they know in their heart is a problem, and it's until it actually shows up on the field that they're willing to admit to themselves this is a problem. Yeah, but especially publicly, not every team knows in their heart that they have a problem, but doesn't do stuff to address it. Right. Which I mean, okay, basically you want to use an analogy like you were going for a home run or you're going to strike out. Like, why not try? Like, how about a single? How about you line out, you know, hustle out a infield single or try? I mean, for the millionth time. Uh, Trey, Trey Boston and Kenny Vaccaro were out there to be had at a discount for forever. But maybe and, they didn't like those players. Okay. I mean, well, that's, again, that's legit. I mean, no, I know the they didn't fit the scheme. They're not. They're they're not that good. Well, they're better than nobody, which is I what you have right now. I guess they were worse than nothing. Yeah. They're better than Gimpy, Kayvon Frazier, and not playing Xavier Woods. I yeah. think, and and a guy who's been here for three days, yeah. and a rookie. I would have loved to see him just rookie. go get Georgia Loca. I, when he became that, available, there, to, me, that was a, to me, that was a great opportunity to get a guy for a one-year deal, and he's just here. He's he's veteran presence. You're right. You put him back there and just see like, what happens, right? Options options just kept falling in your lap. And, uh, I mean, hey, maybe it'll work out. I Maybe it will, Amber. I hope so. I hope <laughs> so. <laughs> we will be happy to eat crow together if it does. Well, I will say this, though. This weekend, I don't think safety will kill you this weekend. I think that playing a team like this, that is a team that is predicated on the run, uh, that does it very well, and that passes as they need to, is a week that you feel a little less exposed with what you have at safety. Dave, I'm sorry, Nick, go ahead. No, let's talk about the scouting report. But right. this whole they, the running back is a you know he catches the ball and he, he absolutely and, does, and he's going to be doing it in a spot where the safety needs to be paying attention at him. So I, I'm. I think this could be a little bit. I mean, he catches a lot of balls. All right, let's get the scouting report, Dave. Well, I learned a couple things uh, doing this one, which I I don't remember how I did this last year for the Giants. Maybe it's just easier when you play a division opponent, but like trying to piece together what a team's going to look like based on what they do in the preseason. It's hard. Nightmare. It's better to look at last year. On top of that, yeah, but the pieces change so much. I, I mean, get it, but it's to me, that's still a better indication than what you're going to get in the preseason. I don't know, man. Like, you're going to go watch tape of the Cowboys-Seattle game and try to tell me that that's what the... the I mean, seriously. <laughs> that's like what the Cowboys Dez. offense is going to look like. Dez, Witten, well, Rodgers. Let's be honest, though. The Cowboys had way more turnover of frontline players than most teams yeah, in this offseason. Um, either at that's not what I did. I watched the preseason, which the other thing is I love NFL Game Pass. I can't recommend it enough to anybody. Gotta get it. But they don't offer coaches film of the preseason. Yeah. And why should they? Don't maybe. Well, for me, because <laughs> just for you, don't try to tell me that, you know, what's going on on a football field. If you're not watching that, basically, because it's like watching another sport. Right. Like that's true. You can't see anything. Mm-hmm. It's I felt very hamstrung. So yeah. anyway, um, 
for me, the main thing right now is let's get it right out of the way is like they're banged up. Like uh, I don't, their left tackle situation is a mess. Their right tackle situation might be a problem. Matt Khalil is on IR. Um, oh, that's big. Yeah, I mean okay. he's he's not he hasn't been great, but he would he would be their day one left tackle. He is on injured reserve. But he's a he's a veteran presence for that line. Yes, no doubt about uh, it. Their right tackle Daryl Williams. He is practicing and doing things right now, but he had a pretty major knee injury in July. And, and I actually, I asked Ron Rivera about it an hour ago and trying to read between the lines. Like it doesn't sound super certain that he's going to be available either. So the tackle situation is, both a, is a mess. They claimed, uh huh. They claimed Corey Robinson off the lions. Uh, he would probably be your swing, but he might have to start. And then they got a second round player by the name of Taylor Moten, a second round pick who's probably going to start at left tackle. Um, Amini Salatalu is their left guard. What was that? Amini Salatalu. Okay. Salatulo. Um, Salatulo. I'm sorry. Thank you. Okay. The only one we got. Oh, is that Midwestern? Oh, Midwestern only, state. The only one we got. <laughs> no we joke. Go. That's a Midwestern. Salatulo. Sure is. Excuse right. me. I was gonna. Right. I was gonna say I don't remember him from the draft show, which I typically <laughs> do. But oh yeah, Midwestern state. I'm not watching the tape of them. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, um, that anyway. was a few years ago, though. Was it? Okay. Well, I mean, he's I mean, like, been... this is like his fifth year. Oh, yeah, I'm right. surprised he's still kind of bouncing We're... around. He should be starting by now. He's dealing with a – well, he probably he might. might be. Oh, okay. He's dealing with a knee, though, and he might be out, too. So, oh, jeez. No, that's what I'm saying is you're you're pretty right, Derek, which is this team the, – the Cowboys have a chance to mask their safety issues in the sense that hopefully this is going to be a long day for Cam Newton because um, – Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory, I have to be really excited about those options. Uh, Curtis Samuel is also out. Uh, he had a procedure for an irregular heartbeat this week, which sounds terrifying to me, but everybody keeps saying he's not going to miss that much time. But he is going to miss um, He's going to miss this game. So that's, that's a nice little break for the Cowboys. Getting to who's actually here, this, this offense is fascinating to me because I think it's like it's what – offense is going to look like in the NFL and as trends continue in football in my opinion it's what I would like the Cowboys to look like because you've got a mobile quarterback who can do a little bit of everything you've got a wide receiver who can do everything Christian McCaffrey I know he gets the scat back label put on him but they run this dude between the tackles plenty and this year he's gonna be their guy he had 21 carries in the in in preseason over yeah. three games so I mean that's a pretty good workload 151 yards two touchdowns Six catches on nine targets for 73 yards, so he's that guy. And C.J. Anderson's there, but Christian McCaffrey, yeah. I, you said you got him in fantasy, right? No, I actually didn't I did. take I him. I think that was probably – I got him last night. Loved it. That was probably a really good call. And the other thing is they got these tight ends. Greg Olson, you obviously know, but Ian Thomas is another one. He's a rookie mm -hmm. that we really liked on the draft show. He's a third-round pick. This is that – Jimmy Graham stuff where like, you know, this ain't Cowboys tight end play. These guys are lining up off the line, both sides. Uh, and they're basically big wide receivers. Um, and then you got Devin, you got Devin Funches, who's basically a small tight end too. So like, there's a lot of size and a lot of athleticism here. Um, Torrey Smith is, is your speed guy. He was with Philly last year. Uh, and then obviously you drafted DJ Moore, who did you like him? I did. I really, I did like DJ more. <laughs> um, uh, he's, I mean, he's not, he's not like the burner of all burners, but he's a little bit of a do everything guy. He's definitely got some speed. And then Nick's guy, Jarius Wright is in from Minnesota, which he's pretty speedy too. So 
obviously, I mean, Devin Funchess is an outside receiver. He's a he's a Des Bryant type of guy, which, yeah, I mean, you see in the preseason the way that he can box people out and just go get those contested balls. That's going to be an interesting thing to watch. Um, and then Wright and Moore are more of your traditional they can move inside and outside. And then Torrey Smith, I would say mainly outside going downfield. Um, this is fascinating for me from the Cowboys perspective, because again, you've got two tight ends who kind of function like wide receivers and a wide receiver who kind of functions like a tight end. What do you do with those guys? Uh, and Byron Jones, we haven't seen him doing that type of stuff this year. That's typically what I would say is like, well, put Byron on the big guy, but can you do that now with him playing outside? Do you put him on Devin Funches? Do you worry about that? Um, so and and then you got your slot guys. So what I come back to is this is going to be a really interesting challenge for these linebackers. Like we've been talking all night or all preseason about Jalen Smith, and he's been he's had so much success going downfield. Uh, is he going to be able to do that against Greg Olson, Ian Thomas, uh, potentially um, Funches, depending on the formation? So. A lot of athleticism here. I'm curious to see how it shakes out. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's that's actually an interesting point because going back to what I said first and what Nick said uh, about it, when you start talking about a team that is heavy on tight ends and with Christian McCaffrey being a guy that runs out of the backfield or catches out of the backfield, that now puts a lot of extra press pressure on your linebackers and on your safeties. Um, do they have enough bodies? Do they have the right bodies? to be able to cover those guys, knowing that, again, you have a quarterback that you might want to spy, which would take another linebacker kind of out of the mix there, right? And so you look at all that, that could be, and when you start talking about how you deploy all this, that could be the part that really hurts you is that they have linebackers, I mean, they have tight ends and they have running backs that really are probably even better than their weapons at wide receiver uh, because that offensive line is still an issue. Yeah. But that could be a challenge for them, right? No, absolutely. And that's so... Again, I think the Cowboys' best best shot in this matchup is I think your defensive line has the potential to wreck the game. Uh, I forgot to mention my guy Trey Turner from LSU. He's a he's a beast. He's a stud. Uh, he's what a position. Guard. Uh, sorry, guard, right guard. Yeah. Um, he, I mean, he's not quite on the Zach Martin level, but he's certainly in the upper echelon. But like, it's him and not a lot else that we know of. And even if Daryl Williams and some of these other guys can get into the game, they're probably not going to be at a hundred percent. So wreck that offensive line and hope that it affects the rest of the game plan. I feel like last year um, when they played Washington, the Redskins had a, a situation like this where it was just all kinds of problems on their own line. And it was, it was a close game, you know, and they, the Cowboys didn't really pull away, but they did win. They dominated the, the line of scrimmage. So, you know, Washington did a nice job of patching it together. There was a game in San Diego a few years back where this, the Chargers had the same thing. I mean, they had no offensive linemen, and I think Rivers went for 400. So they, <laughs> Oh, I mean, yeah, for sure. Now, the Cowboys' D-line was like that was the year where anybody that's ever played it just comes off the street, and they brought in about 15 guys that year. So then they didn't have what the depth they have now. But I'm just saying, teams seem to figure it out. You know, yeah. they, they seem to kind of patch it together, and it's not – you know, it's not just going to be just, just you know, blitzkrieg. Just, just no, no, there. of course not. I just, I think that is one spot where it just looks like a unique matchup win, at least on paper. Uh, and I would love to say the linebackers too, but I got to see them do it yeah. in a game. Again, that's what it, the potential is there. And if they look like they did in the preseason, but the Panthers are just so like they're such a hybrid. Like, again, like you got a lot of size, 
you got a lot of speed. You got a quarterback that can run better than anybody. He's not the best passer, but he can do that too. You got a receiver, a running back who's a receiver, tight ends who look like big receivers, receivers who look like tight end. Like they can do a little bit of everything, and that's it makes it fun to watch just as a football fan because they can do shotgun, pistol, option type stuff just as easily as they can do your uh, traditional, you know, pro style sets. So it makes it hard to know what to expect, and I'm. I think it's going to be fascinating to see how the Cowboys defense matches up with it. All right, let's take our final break. When we come back, we'll take some calls, 888-855-2297. Also, I'll ask the question, who's the biggest threat to the Cowboys this week from the standpoint of the Panthers offense? Whether that Cam Newton, Christian McCaffrey? or Greg Olson. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas-based Jack Black, is the number one best-selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit GetJackBlack.com Cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black. Look good. Smell good. Feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com cowboys. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Back to the break. Back, it is the final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, talking Cowboys football, talking Cowboys and Panthers. Cowboys travel to uh, Carolina this weekend, take on the Panthers Sunday. I think kick time's 3.15 or 3.30. 3.25. Central. 3.25, Central. I believe. Uh, so make sure you check that out. Uh, it'll be the game one, week one uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. So before the break, I, uh, I let you guys know, and actually before we do that. Yeah, maybe. real quick. I just want to let everyone know they should make Tommy John their underwear of choice. Uh, no adjustment needed. Feels great. You can shop exclusive Cowboys underwear, tommyjohn.com forward slash Cowboys. You get 20% off your first order. Maybe you can talk to them about 20% off your second order. I don't know. I don't know how they work that. Maybe. Maybe. It's all about how you talk it. All right. Thanks. Uh, all right. So, so let's get back into this. Here's the question I have for you guys. Who is the biggest threat? To the Cowboys, when you talk about the Panthers' offense, would it be Cam Newton, Christian McCaffrey, Greg Olson? I want you guys to think of it from a standpoint of how you match up against them to in order to neutralize them. Which of those three do you think is the biggest threat for the Cowboys? 
I think it's McCaffrey just because, you know, you, you've got big linebackers that can run and then you hope that they can tackle. So, um, you know, that that's where, you know, Newton is going to, you know, hurt you. But I think McCaffrey is just a unique player. I mean, it's rare that a, a running back can get 80 catches like that. He did it in his first year. So uh, he's just going to – you look at those numbers in the preseason, that you know, the average is, is, uh, is up there. It's big play potential. Uh, I think it's going to affect the safeties, linebackers. I think he's the guy that they really need to – focus on uh this is a cop-out but i just think it's the 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 duo of cam and mccaffrey like how do you handle dang that? it like what, <laughs> what? i should have gone next i'm sorry because that's Go what, what i was well, gonna say say it then gosh go for it no, i was no, gonna say it. that because after listening to all the guys that are kind of banged up banged up on their line I, it just you would imagine and you know of cam being big on running, you know, and he's a big runner. And I think it would be a combination of him either handing off the ball or him running the ball himself. Because again, I think he's going to be battling with that time of trying to get the ball out. And the quickest thing would be to just go for the run rather than have enough time to pass or try to throw the ball down the field. And obviously the, the Cowboys defensive line, I consider them really good. So I think they're going to have trouble there. And, and the biggest key point for the for the Panthers would be the running game or just trying to run it somehow little by little. I know. I mean, I just said in the last segment that I McCaffrey's going to be a workhorse. He's going to carry it between the tackles. But I'm not worried about him dominating the game in that regard, like the way that Ezekiel Elliott can. Um, I think between your defensive line and your linebackers, you can limit that. But just – the different ways you can use both of these guys, I I would have to guess they're going to do some read option. McCaffrey's going to be just a constant safety net who they will scheme ways for him to be within five yards of the line of scrimmage. Cam is going to break some plays. Not only could he break some plays and run them on his own, but he can break a play and then dump it off to the easiest throw where all, I mean, it looks like a throwaway and all of a sudden McCaffrey gets eight yards, which is why I say both of them combined because they both have the potential to obviously they have the potential to hurt you, but they both have the potential to make something out of nothing. Like whether it's McCaffrey taking a short throw for long yardage or cam turning a sack into a scramble. Uh, I just think keeping both of them under wraps is going to be whether or not you stop this offense. Carolina has always used two backs. Um, you know, they, they've, they've always done a good job of having, you know, multiple runners. So I think CJ Anderson is going to play a factor here. And I think it was just a year ago. He had a almost, really big game. Almost to the day. You know, a big game in Denver. I mean, he, they couldn't you stop him. bring that back up. Well, I'm just saying, I mean, they, he he, has, he hadn't lost it, you know. So, they, they've done a nice job. And, I, and maybe it starts with Cam, you know, with, with Jonathan Stewart that was there for so long. And they had D'Angelo Williams. And they, they, they've had two different backs. So, I, I could see where Anderson's going to play a role into running some in between the tackles, too. Do you think that – and I know we talked about the offensive line challenges that they have right now because of injuries – do you think that because Cam is a mobile quarterback, it to some degree can neutralize the pass rush? Because now the guys have to be very disciplined in how they rush the pass. They just can't pin their ears back and go because you leave a seam and Cam Newton gets through it. He's now out in open space, and it's hard to take him down with one guy because he's so big. Huge game for the tackles. You know, if if, if you, Crawford's going to be playing there some and, and Collins will be in there and you got a rookie and Antoine Woods, I would imagine, is going to be playing there on the nose and – you know, um, if, if you've got situation there where those guys, like you said, are going to be coming from the outside, and it's just natural to step up. If you step up, 
you know, who's there waiting for you? You know, that's that's where Malik Collins, we haven't seen him much. Uh, we need, you know, need to see some some things from him. And how I'm trying to think, they were going to get Price. Price is no longer here. Yeah. Dayton Jones is, is not available, but they think he will be. But for this game, your tackles. It's going to be. They, they are hopeful Malik can go. He was at practice today. Um, Malik. And then Crawford, probably, right? I w- well, that depends on how they want to play it because they've been saying for a while that they would like Malik to play three. Tyrone is obviously more of a three than a one, which you're kind of short on true ones. You have Antoine Woods who can do it. Brian Price is gone now. And then Daniel Ross, too. Ross, I keep forgetting So this. He's going to have to play. Absolutely. Yeah. I think yeah. Ross and Garrett said today that they all eight, all eight of those guys need to play. Yeah. Um, I would think that your primary three, it'll be Malik and Tyrone at the three and Woods and um, Ross, Ross at the one. Yeah, most likely. And then maybe maybe on, on passing situations on third and long, that's where we've seen, you know, guys like maybe Taco can slide inside. I've seen it, you know, in that. Maybe. Or maybe it's Crawford and Malik. I would have Crawford have and Malik the on tackles. the field at the same time yeah. in passing situations. We've seen Thank that. You. They've done that some here in the late part of the training camp and preseason. I'll do my Broadus and my Marinelli impressions. Keep them in the well. Keep them in the pocket. <laughs> I mean, try to – I mean, yeah, I don't want that dude running around. No, not an open Kinda, field. If you can't get to him, at least force him to make a play from the pocket. Right. That's exactly right. Let's take a call real quick from Trey in Texas. Trey, what up? Uh, yeah, so a big fan. Uh, Thank really, you. Really appreciate you taking my call. Um you know, with the news coming down about Earl Thomas today, uh, my question is simply this. Um, you know, he's going to go in, he's going to play, but at the end of the year, Seattle's going to lose him. Uh, more than likely, I mean, all signs point towards him leaving. Um, and so my question really comes down to this. Seattle didn't want to trade him. Uh, they, you know, I, it's not that they don't want to get rid of him as so much as maybe they want to save face. So does him reporting – Give them that opportunity to save face and say, look, we won, and I put that in air quotations, we won, now we can trade him and come across like we're the winners. Uh, you know, because I, I, I don't know how GM thinks, but my belief is that a GM doesn't want to be strong-armed into anything. And so maybe now this gives them an opportunity to say, you know what, he's coming in, we won, maybe, maybe now we can do something as far as a trade. Because if they don't do the trade, then at the end of the year, they get nothing. And so I just want to see what your thoughts were on that. I uh, really appreciate you taking my call, and thanks for all that y'all do. All right, thanks, thanks for the call. I don't know about the whole we won. I mean, um, you know, they we'll see. I mean, we'll see what what happens here. It doesn't sound like he says he's playing it under a protest. It doesn't sound like there's any winners at all here. I think what Dave said earlier in the show is this, that, well, you know, hey, you're not happy, we're not happy. Come in here and play. You need the money. We need the safety. You know, but no one's no one's won anything yet here. Yeah, I just, I mean, I get, I think there is something to that. Is like, I mean, ego is so much a part of this. Like, you don't want to look like you're left holding the bag or that you lost the deal. But they're all going to show up, and like three days later, you're like, okay, we're we're ready to do it, do the deal now. Like, I, it doesn't jive with me. I think, and that's I, I mean, I said this earlier in the show. I you just you can't just assume that Earl Thomas is doesn't have a future in Seattle. They could franchise him. They could sit down and hash it out and come to an agreement. And even if he does leave, they'll get a comp pick for it. So uh, I don't think it's I think it's disingenuous to say they'll get nothing. And they'll get 
they'll get 16 games of high safety play from him. So they'll definitely get something. And I don't know. I didn't think it was likely to begin with. I, I mean, you're right. It's not 100% impossible to happen, but I just I think it's dead in the water. Yep. Um, okay, so give me, I guess, give me your final word on this offense. Uh, do you think when you look at all the things that, that you that we've talked about regarding this offense, you look at the Cowboys' defense, do you think at the end of this game we're look, sitting here on Monday morning and saying Cowboys didn't win this game or Cowboys did win this game because of the Carolina Panthers' offense and the Cowboys' defense, the matchup there? Let me check the weather real quick. Um, <laughs> says it's supposed to be raining. I don't know if it's going to be raining during the game. Last I looked at it, there was going to be rain later in the later that Luggy night. Hot, sticky but it, hot, it's supposed to be kind of like they're getting rain because of that whole weather pattern that that tropical storm or whatever it is. Hurricane. Weather pattern, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah there's a weather pattern that's weather sending pattern. some rain their way. I don't know that it's necessarily going to be during the game though. Right. Okay, uh, that doesn't change anything. I no, mean, I know the we'll get to the Panthers defense tomorrow, but. I don't think they're going to lose this game because of this matchup. I mean, there's this is there's a lot of stuff here that should be concerning, but with the injuries, and again, I'm just I'm going to assume the defense is going to play like it's been playing in the preseason, which is pretty good. I think I think they have the personnel here to match up, and if the, I think it'll be way more because the offense can't do anything against the Panthers than anything else. Which we'll get to that tomorrow because this is a very, very, very good defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Face. yeah to me, it, this defense it, it comes down to it's like it's like when you're watching a men's tennis matchup. If you do watch that, it's just like you can sit there and just hold serve all day long, but you got to break some every once in a while to do anything, and you're gonna have to get a turnover. That's where really what I'm trying to say is they need to get some turnovers. You can play well, fly around, get punts, and all that, but I think the way the offense is gonna go on the other side. This defense is going to have to be better than just pretty good. It's going to have to get some turnovers, sacks, not just a sack, force the ball out, get something there from it. We've seen it in the preseason. We need to see it more there because I think they're going to need all give the offense all the help they can get. Yeah, I, I agree with everything that you guys said. And I feel pretty good about our defense. And I think they're going to do just enough to to make sure – to win the game as far as the defense side of the ball. But when it comes to the Cowboys offense, and we'll talk about it tomorrow, that's what it's more concerning to me. And something that I, I, I really don't know what to think as of right now. And another thing is the coaching. You know, I'm a big fan of Rivera. I, I just think he's a really good coach and he's aggressive. I like the aggressiveness in coaches. And I think that I, I'm, well, I'm really curious to see how Garrett is going to, handle this new game I mean is he gonna keep doing the same things or are we gonna see some changes there I think that Rivera is the type of guy that is not afraid to try different things and and just go for it in a way and, and did he cut his kicker right before you know I mean Gary, Gary's not afraid to try <laughs> well, new things too. hey hey yeah <laughs> That, uh, right. Good point. I, just, I, I know, let's wait I know until what you're saying. Rivera, Rivera is a really good coach. He has been, and he and he's he's For not a long time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he has, and he, he's he's a good coach. But this, pretty this. opposite from Garrett, and and I, I would say um, as far as strategy and, and vision and, and concept wise, pretty opposite. So I'm really curious to see coaching side of the thing, and and 
it's just tough to judge any team at this point when you haven't seen everyone together on the field. So Actually, we'll see. Tell me about it. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back tomorrow at 12, I'm sorry, 11.45. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!